Hello, good evening. My name is Richard. Welcome back to my channel over and over and over again. <coughs> You'll have to excuse me, I'm not very well at the minute, but I'll try and battle through and get through the best that I can. And we're back on the Tuesday again, Friday, Tuesday clinic. Obviously, last week we were on a Wednesday, um, but it's good to be back on the right day of the week um, for the clinic show, which is good. Got some special guests joining me. As always, we've got a lot to get through. A lot of stuff has gone on, obviously, last week. A big week coming up for Arsenal as well. So a lot to talk about coming up the other side of this. <music> So how are you doing? This is the Arsenal Clinic, uh, the Tuesday Clinic. Um, this week, again, back on Tuesday. Uh, you can see I'm joined by some very special guests, as always. Adam, pleasure to have you back. Are you OK? All good. Can't complain. Another win. Happy days. Exactly. Happy days, indeed. And Dorsey, again, back in with a nice uh, nice selection of uh, shirts you always bring on every week. This is a great one you've got on today. <laughs> I was the only one I could think of tonight, bearing in mind we're talking about Old Trafford and, and Man United and stuff, so... Yeah, seems a seems a pretty good fit. Although <laughs> it it's not does. a pretty good fit, it's huge. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the uh, it's the what it what it stands for that matters, isn't it? As opposed exactly, to exactly, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you very much. Good. Thanks for having me on again. No, no problem at all. And joining us for the first time, actually, a pleasure to have uh, Levangelon from the Arsenal Lounge. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm just impressed at how many flipping intros you've got. Like, like <laughs> um, where'd you get all them from? You got a library of them, Rich. I have got a bit of a library here built got, up. Mate, I was happy with having one. You've got about four, <laughs> five. I was losing count. Do we have an intro for this bit as well now? I've got a few more knocking around as well, which I might bring out later. So. Oh, yeah, do it. I love them. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Um, we've got Nigel in the chat, actually. Evening, uh, Nigel, how are you doing? Uh, Will Todd, of course, yeah, the shirt that Dorsey's got on. Does remind me of Will Todd, of course, that great goal at Old Trafford. Hopefully there'll be some more memories this week at Old Trafford. Happy memories that we can, that we can look back on. Just before we really start properly, obviously, there's been... Oh. Obviously, Ray Kennedy, um, top goal scorer in the double season of 71, did pass away today. I know he's been ill for quite a long time, but it's still sad news. A, a real Arsenal legend, actually. Um, you know, and he had a great career after leaving Arsenal as well, didn't he? At Liverpool, went on to win a lot of trophies as well with them. So, yeah, sad, a sad day, really, for, for everyone connected with Arsenal. When I called to Ray's family as well and his friends. So, um, you know, I thought we, we should start with a little maybe a tribute to him as well. I mean, I, I actually... Don't remember him playing for Arsenal. Unfortunately, he, I was only about six when he left. So um, my actual memory of him playing live was actually when he played against Arsenal at Highbury for, for Swansea and he actually scored a goal that day. Swansea won 2 nil, and he scored in front of North Bank. So that's probably the only time I think I saw him play live and he did score against us. But um, everybody on the North Bank was kind of applauding the goal, you know, because it was him that scored it. And it just kind of showed how, how well appreciated he was by everyone at Arsenal for what he did. I mean, Lev, you must have a, a lot of memories of, of Ray Kennedy as an Arsenal player, yeah? 
What are you saying? How old am I? Well, no, I don't mean like this. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I don't. I don't because it was a couple of years before I was born, unfortunately. I didn't get to really see him play. Um, I mean, I knew of Ray Kennedy more for the Liverpool days because obviously yeah. he'd moved on by the time I was old enough to remember. But um, he was always very highly spoke of. Um, he was a great, he was a great player for Liverpool as well. Um, mm. You know, so I mean, and and it seems to me that even back then, former Arsenal players that would leave Arsenal would go on to score against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Ray was doing it back yeah. in the seventies. So there yeah, you go. It's something that's been carrying on for a long time. No, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, one of many that's uh, done that to us over the years. Mm. But that one, that particular goal, as I just remember, was well received by the North Bank, where maybe some of the others maybe hadn't been. So that, that maybe showed uh, how much everybody thought about him. I mean, yeah, Adam, you, 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 you probably uh, missed out on actually seeing him play for Arsenal, but yeah. you must remember him as a player. And obviously um, what, he did, what he did for Arsenal, of course. Again, he was a little bit before my time. Um, you know, I didn't start watching Arsenal till the sort of mid-80s. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I have talked to many people who do mention him, you know, with, with broken fondness. You know, a lot of people do say how much of a good player he was, but how much of a gentleman he was as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I've never spoken to anyone who has said anything negative about him. So, um, you know, I've seen obviously as much videos and stuff as you can see from that era. And he looks class player, class kind of midfielder that we could probably do with at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he actually played as a striker for Arsenal and then he got converted to a midfield at Liverpool, actually. He moved back and it worked really well. Not not many players have made that switch, have they, from sort of striker to a midfield player, but it, it worked for, for Ray Kennedy and he had a great career. I mean, Dawes, obviously, you're far to have remembered a, a Ray Kennedy as a player. I'm sure you've seen, like all of us, seen a few videos of it. Uh, of, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it, obviously, the 71 team is, is, is highly spoken about um, and, and it's a big part of of Arsenal's history so obviously I've seen plenty of videos and plenty of clips so yeah it's it, it's harder to not know just how good a player he was so um yeah, yeah unfortunately yeah. we're getting to that age now where a lot of those players from from that kind of era uh, are pushing on a bit unfortunately which is which is a shame it's never nice to see um legends of the club pass away but yeah rest in peace and, and obviously thoughts to thoughts to raise friends and family yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was actually top scorer in that double season, which a lot of people maybe don't um, don't always know because everyone assumes John Radford probably would have been because he was the, the main sort of striker at the time. But actually, Ray Kennedy first full season he was top scorer and got twenty six goals in the double season. So fantastic um, that was. Um, so yeah, obviously R.I.P. to to Ray, um, and uh, yeah, very sad news that was. Obviously, to start the show officially, then I suppose you need to look back on the game at the weekend where we got back to winning ways following the defeat um, at Liverpool. Uh, when we did, you know, we made a bit of a struggle of it, but we did get there in the end. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, another one, yeah, there's a few that way. Um, DJ Khaled, yeah, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, obviously, Newcastle, bottom of the league, we'd have expected to have beaten them at home, but it maybe wasn't quite... Um, it, bit of a struggle wasn't it especially in that first half I thought we were slow moving the ball we didn't um we didn't put Newcastle defense on enough pressure really and, and a similar story to many home games actually in recent weeks you know the game against Watford Norwich etc and it was kind of that sort of a game and we did improve in the second half and got two really good goals I mean I suppose we can't really stop anywhere other than that that miss from a Bamiang really I mean Adam that was incredible wasn't it I mean, no, two yards out, open goal. How on earth is a player of his quality and his goal-scoring record missed a chance like that? It was shocking. Like, it, it, it was shocking. I mean, like, 
when you see it come back out, you just expect it to be, you know, net yeah. bold and cheering straight after. And I think it was the sheer shock of it actually not going in. Like, I was sitting around, everyone was just like, what happened there? What was all that about? And it was awful. He wasn't on the, he was not in the game at all, though, on Saturday. I mean, I know we talked about it before, but for me, Aubameyang, you can tell in the first five minutes whether he's on song or not. And for me, he, he just wasn't shutting people down. He wasn't chasing the ball. He wasn't showing for it at all. Um, you could just tell he wasn't, you know, on it, let's say. Um, so, yeah, it was not, you know, it was still a shocking miss, but he was he had an awful game, if you ask me. Like, he, he wasn't on it at all. And that kind of summed it up in one moment. That, that summed his game up, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, when we missed that, before after, just before time, I thought, it's not going to be our day. I genuinely went at half-time and I thought, this is not going well. You know, um, mm. we didn't go ahead in the first half and we had some chances. And Newcastle weren't that bad in the first half, I didn't think. I felt they, they no. held their own. I thought they held their own. And I think that, you know, it took those couple of classy moments in the second half to break them down. But yeah, I was worried at half time. I wasn't <laughs> convinced and I wasn't sure. No, exactly. I mean, it, it did take us a while. And um, I mean, that first goal, I mean, Dorsey, that was a lovely move, wasn't it? Tavares heavily involved as well as he was throughout the game, actually. But um, yeah. a lovely move, wasn't it? And a great finish um, from Saka. It only actually came sixth, didn't he? In the Ballon d'Or, the young Ballon d'Or of the year, which is incredible. He only came sixth, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was, to be fair, when I, when I saw the starting lineup for the match, um, I actually thought it was a bit of a risk with, with Arteta playing Tavai. Obviously, he, he didn't have a good game against Liverpool, but and he could have quite easily dropped him. Yeah, um, yeah. But actually, I think that's I think that's good management by Arteta. It, it could have shot him in the foot, but you know he's had he's had three good games and he's had one slightly off game away at arguably the best team in the league. So you know, what I mean, you get, he's given him another chance, and I thought Tavares was was, was brilliant again um, on, on on Saturday. So. Yeah, it was. I mean, going back to Aubameyang's miss, he, it, everything, everything Aubameyang about is about in terms of constantly being very sharp on his toes, ready for to anticipate stuff. He, he didn't do any of that. Um, he got caught very flat-footed when that ball came out to him. There was no, there was no anticipation that that ball was ever going to reach him at all. And and subsequently, that's that's why he missed the chance because he wasn't ready for it. And it's um, it's. It's a big question mark because we all know that he's good enough to take chances when they're when they're presented to him. But how much longer can we carry him? Because at the moment we don't have many other players within the team that are getting goals on a regular basis. Um, and you're looking at again, you're looking at Smith Rowe and Saka. Really, are the only other two that are are kind of really contributing at the other end. So yeah, he's got a, he's got a big decision to make there over over Yang. Yeah, no, it is. We'll come on to that a little bit more um, later on. I, I mean, uh, I mean, Lev, was you surprised that Tavares kept his place in the team after the Liverpool game? It, it was kind of good management. I agree with Dorsey there because in the past, Arteta's pulled people straight out of the team who's made a mistake. He kept him in and actually he had a great game, didn't he? Well, this is it. We, we, we were discussing on a previous show leading up to the game. We felt he was probably going to drop Tavares because... It was his first real big acid test against a big side um, and he was found wanting a little bit. He's still only 22. Uh, it's difficult when you're, you're facing one of the world's best teams and one of the world's best pressing teams um, to keep your head and cool and, and try to play football the way Arteta wants you to play out from the back. And he got caught out a few times, as did Conga in that game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, had he dropped him, none of us could have argued. 
we would have all said, you know what, it's, it's a chance for Tierney to get back in the side now. But then, then once he put him back in, the lad performed. And when he mm. performed, the, the question mark was then, well, does he play against United? And for me, he's got to be 100% yes, because it's part of his development as a young player. He's playing, he's learning, he's learning how the league how, how it operates, how physical it is, how quick it is. And obviously, part of that development is having those troubles and overcoming them. So he's had a bad game against Liverpool. He's bounced back against Newcastle. Now there's another big game against United where he'd have a chance to perform uh, at that high level to prove that he can deal with it. And hopefully he'll come through that. If he comes through that, we'll all say great management development. Won't we? So that's that's one that's one thing. I mean, I think he was great. And and the thing is, I think people underestimate how he gives us a bit more going forward than Tierney. I think Tierney is more knock it forward, cross in, make a space, early delivery. Tavares can beat a man, he could do some skills, he could do something unpredictable like he did. So I think we've got a, a battle on our hands on that left back position. I, I think people have underrated Tavares when he was coming in and he started to to make some waves. As for Abamyang, the Abamyang situation, that's another matter entirely. And I'm sure you're going to go into it, Rich. But I mean, some people saying, shout out, he's finished, he's finished. But then you don't get in those positions if you're finished. You're physically not capable of being in those positions anymore. He still has the instinct to be in the right place. And the last thing you you lose as a striker or is your is your ability to finish. So I personally think it's a mental issue, not he's a physically finished specimen. But I'm sure you're going to go into that in more detail, so I'll leave it for a bit. Yeah, I mean, um, Terry there in the chat says, yeah, Levesley says, does Shahi know that you're moon moonlighting as he got you to sign a prenuptial agreement? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I always say we're Arsenal family. I don't care, you know. If, we, if people want to talk about the game, talk about the club, if I get an invite, I'll come sit down and I'll talk about it. It's it's no different. I don't care about channels, titles and all that rubbish. So if you want to talk about the game, we'll talk about the game. Yeah, that sounds perfect to me. Um, Nigel says that our summer signings have all been fantastic. They certainly have done well so far. He said credit to our Adu at times has been on the receiving end of unwarranted abuse from fans. I mean, I don't know exactly how much Adu played in all the signings. I'm sure Arteta had a part to play in a lot of them as well. But yeah, we got we got the, the players in that they wanted. And you can't really argue with how well they've played. I mean, that's a good point, isn't it, Adam? I mean, all, all, the, all the signings that we've brought in, I think a lot of us are quite underwhelmed at the time, thinking, where's the big name? Where's the, where's the, uh, you know, the the kind of big signings that we wanted? Ben White cost 50 million, but he wasn't a, a player to take your breath away kind of signing, right. was he? But every single one of them has done well, haven't they? I mean, probably better than we had perhaps expected. Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, would all five be starting in our 13th game in the Premier League? I would have said no. I would have been looking at them and thinking that majority of them would be backups for now and working their way in. But they've all come on into the team and they've all proven their worth. I mean, can you imagine not having Ramsdale now? You know, after the performances, yeah. <clears throat> it's unthinkable. Again, yeah, another good performance against Newcastle, another fantastic few saves. I mean, I think Tommy Yasu has been amazing on that right hand mm -hmm. side. I, I knew very little about him, obviously, mm. when he come along. So it's very much kind of like learn as you go. But I think Premier League-wise, he seems to be really well suited. He's fast, he's physical. As we saw on Saturday, he's got a pass on him as well. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think you've got to give credit to whoever is involved. And you'd like to think that it's a joint approach between Edu and Arteta. You'd like to think that they communicate and, you know, talk about targets. So you've got to give praise, really, because they've mm. forced their way into that team and, and they're you know, they're, they're due their places. And, like, I, I, I agree with what you just said, like Dorsey and Lev just said about Tavares. I think it was good management by Arteta. I think that mm. 
had United have been our next game, he might have dropped him for TNE. Let's be honest. But as it was Newcastle, he probably thought they're not as much threatening down there. Let's give him a chance to bounce back. And I think it worked. And for me, Tavares was probably our best player on Saturday. Mm. I do think he was solid defensively. <clears throat> he was really good going forward. But also for a left back, he cut inside a lot and he weren't afraid to go through the middle. Whereas a lot of left backs, you know, we usually just go outside and down the wing. But when he was kind of cutting inside, like, the players didn't expect it. They didn't know what to do with it. Like Newcastle just didn't know what to do with him. So, yeah, Phil Dews. I mean, like, you can't say that any of those five have, have had dodgy starts. They've all been really solid. No, they have. And I mean, when you think that, you know, apart from Ben White, the others haven't cost a lot of money either when you look at the, today's market. They've been bargains, really, haven't they? I mean, even Ramsdale, I know it's fairly expensive for a goalkeeper, but even he's proving to be a, a massive bargain, mm. isn't he? I mean, it's just brilliant to, to see how well that they've all done. And I say, I think a surprise, really, because I don't think any of us would have expected that. I mean, yeah, Lekonga's maybe fortunate to play as many games because of Jack's injury. I don't think he would have been in the team as much, perhaps, you know, because like, even they do said, didn't he? He was a backup for, for Xhaka and he's had to play more because of, because of the injury, I guess. But he's come in and done really well. Uh, I mean, I mean, Dorsey, obviously, um, we've all spoke about Ramsdale. It, it's slightly worrying for me that every game he's having to make these saves, but he keeps producing. I mean, that save in that first half against Newcastle, the one he tipped onto the bar, I mean, that was an unbelievable save again, wasn't it? Yeah. You imagine a highlight reel at the end of the season for his, uh, his <laughs> saves. It's going to be unreal. Um <clears throat> yeah, is it? I know we've touched on this before about Ramsdale having to be in action as maybe as much as he is. Um, whether there's any concern about that, I, I don't know. I think his job is to keep the ball out of the net, regardless of how often he's got to do it. And at the moment, he's he's managing to do that. I think it was what eight clean sheets in eleven games or something stupid, is it? I think I saw. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think the whole unit itself, it's its a new unit, a whole a whole new back four, back five. Um, and I just think that the longer we can keep them together, the longer we can avoid injuries, um, they're only they're only going to get better because individually they're they're brilliant players. Completely agree with what Adam was saying about Tommy Asser. I think he's been superb. I mean, I, I really liked I really like Bellerin, but more for who he is as a human as opposed to how good he is on a football pitch. Um but what what an upgrade Tommy Asu's been on that. He's just he reminds me of a bit of a a bit of a throwback right back, doesn't he? He's kind of old school. Uh, he's a defender, isn't he? A lot of modern fullbacks are attacking players, aren't they? Whereas yeah. he's a lot more. He's actually a defender, isn't he? He's a good one-on-one yeah. -on -one defender, and you know he, he showed even on uh, on Saturday he he can get forward and produce a final ball as well, which he hasn't maybe done enough of so far, yeah. but. You know he's got he's got that in his locker as well. But yeah, he's actually a proper defender, which is unusual, isn't it? For like you said, Bellerin for all, all his asset was going forward down the wing, getting the ball in the box, not defending yeah. one on one. Um, whereas Tommy Asu, that's his strength. He's good in the air. He's he could play centre back. He's played centre back before. So so yeah, I mean, brilliant. And and yeah, they, they've all done um, they've all done really really well. I say probably a lot better than we would have we would have expected them to have done. Really, I suppose at, at this point in the season. I mean. Um, the, the, my slight concern, though, Levy, is over the fact that, you know, we, we've now got um, a, a big week of two big away games and we're starting to come into some more difficult games. We've got West Ham to come as well, another team that are doing well. And they're the games that we struggled in. You, know, you, you, you said before that if we'd been playing Man United, maybe the Tavares wouldn't have played. Some of the other younger players may not have played on the back of the Liverpool defeat. So, is it? Are you kind of worried going into these next two games? Bearing in mind, 
who we've been playing so far. When we've played the better teams, especially away from home, I know Everton aren't doing particularly well, but you know it's still a difficult game. Am I worried? Um, do you know what? No, I'm not. Because I'll, t- I'll tell you why, right? The Man United, when you look at their performance, even the Chelsea game when they 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 pulled off a draw, they were quite fortunate to get that draw. And Chelsea oh, yeah, all right. over them, dominated them, right? Yeah. Sitting, they sat back and they defended quite a lot, which is fine. I don't think they'll have that option at, at Old Trafford because the the fans going to be on their backs, expecting them to come on the front foot and try and get a win, right? If anything, that should suit us because. Where I think we can benefit from it is if we play the right players. I mean, for example, someone like a Martinelli, if Saka's injured, um, you can counter these guys. You can counter them. The fullbacks like to push up. Wan-Bissaka is not very dangerous as a fullback going forward and he often gets caught in behind. I think he's one of the most overrated fullbacks in the Premier League. I don't know what the big deal is about Wan-Bissaka. Every time I've watched him, he's poor going forward. He's poor on the ball. Um, He looks good with last-ditch tackles because he uses his pace to get him out of trouble. But generally, I don't think he's all that. Their midfield is not the strongest. McFred. Um, with McTominay and Fred, that's what they call yeah. it, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not overawed by that. I think Partey and Lukonga can handle that situation. Why should we go in with fear? I think this, if you've ever got a chance of beating United at Old Trafford, this is it because one, they're in a bit of disarray with their management, two, they don't have a manager yet. They've got Michael Carrick in there. Um, it's nothing that would have changed so dramatically in the last week or two since Ollie's departure. A lot of people making a big deal about the fact that, oh, look, typical Arsenal, Ollie's left and now, you know, they've, they've got Arsenal where he's been with them all season. They would have preferred to have Ollie. But I don't see what a week would, what a difference a week would make. It's not like you've gone and got some world class manager in that's going to blow everyone away. So Ragnik, he's a coach, he's well admired, yes, but he's not going to be able to implement any anything from now till then anyway. So I'm not too worried. If anything, it's it's a chance for us. If we come out with four points in these next two games, I think we'll be in a real strong position. West Ham have got Chelsea next. They've already dropped points to City. They've got Chelsea next. There's a good chance he's going to drop some more points against Chelsea. Um, if we come out with four points, I think we'll be right in the mix, personally. And, you know, with the guys you've mentioned, like Ramsdale and people like that, all these players have have, have developed as the season's gone on. Tommy Asu had a bad game against Brighton. We started worrying about that because yeah. he's not used to it. But then he's he's moved on since then and he's improved since then. And Lukonga had a bad game against Palace, I think it was. Was it against Palace? It was a game. He had a bad game. He came back the next game. He performed well. So this is all part of the development. I think that Liverpool game may have put them in a, in, in a stronger mindset to understand what is required to beat these bigger teams. And I'm quietly confident going in against United. Probably my famous last words. But <laughs> theoretically speaking, I don't see why we should fear this United side at the moment. No, no, I, I still so much fear, fear in United because they're, they're not playing particularly well and we are ahead of mm. them in the league. And I agree, this is a good opportunity this week, actually, to us to really put down uh, a marker, really, and say that we're in the battle for a top four place. If we if we do get four points or six points even, imagine that in these two games, that would be yeah, I mean, it's a real message. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's possible, yeah. We, we're playing two teams that aren't in great form, even though traditionally they're difficult away games for us. But, but yeah, I think it is, a, it is an opportunity to make a statement. The, the thing that kind of wor- worries me a little bit, though, is the way that we're still, and on Saturday we noticed it as well, we're still very... Um, risk averse in the way that we play. I doesn't want to take too many risks. Now, I think we all understand we've got a young team 
and young lose games. We're not going to go on. You know, we had a decent run uh, and we may go on another little run again, but we're going to lose games through the season, aren't we? We're not going to go on a 25-game unbeaten run and win the league. Mm. So we're going to lose games anyway. So for me, why not take a few more risks? Tavares is the only player for me that actually goes on that pitch and he's prepared to take, he's allowed to take risks. He, he goes on mass, massive mad dribbles in the upper pitch and he, he charges forward. He plays left wing at times when we just lost the ball and stuff like that and he's out of position. But... I like it when players do that sometimes because it, it gets you off your seat and you're excited. And I want to see that a little bit more. And to me, there's no reason for us to be so um, negative, I suppose, in the way that we set up because we're going to lose games anyway. We're going to lose a few as we go along. We know that. But why not try to win? You know, I'd like to see us go out and beat a team like Newcastle 4 5 nil, 6 nil, and really put down a marker and say, this is what we can do as an attacking force. And we're not doing it. We're getting a goal. We're getting two goals. We think, OK, that's enough now. We sat back, didn't we, after the second goal, rather than pushing on and getting a third goal and a fourth goal, which we could probably have done. We were good enough. But I'd, say, I'd think, well, I'd rather win 2 nil than risk get scoring three or four and maybe letting in a goal. Where, do you know what, I mean, Rich? Do you know what I don't think we've got right at the moment? Is I don't think we've nailed the midfield 100% yet. No. Right? And I think it's affecting our strikers, our, for, our front players, because the, the issue we have is the transition from... It's one, it's one thing being there and defending the back four, but it's another thing retaining the ball, winning the ball, mm. retaining it, dominating, and then being able to um, create chances on a quick transition too. The Liverpool game, we were totally... Um, overrunning midfield, couldn't we couldn't keep the ball, couldn't keep the, retain the ball, which meant the likes of your Sackers and Smith Rose and the Bamiangs weren't getting the service. And then what you'll get is people saying, "Oh no, look, they're not doing it, doing it up front." But it's not gelling from defence to attack. It's the transition is not quite yet there, and I'm not sure we've got the balance just quite right yet because. For example, we've purchased Odegaard, but I can't see exactly what Odegaard is. Is he a 10? Is he an 8? Yeah. I personally don't see him as a 10. I think Smith Rowe is, is touted for that 10. He can beat a man. He can uh, uh, commit defenders. He can dribble. He could do everything. Odegaard's more of a conductor player. He likes to conduct, but I don't hmm. think he's built for the Premier League in the way that we need him to be able to do that. So then I personally, I'd go out and get two more midfielders. I'd go and get a Basuma type and I'd, I'd go and get another attacking midfielder. And that's where we're going. That's where the balance ain't right at the moment. And we're not dominating in certain games and put, putting teams to bed. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think the midfield is, is the biggest issue. I think it's been the biggest issue for quite a while, actually, not just this season. I think going back... Before that, even before even Arteta came into the came into the club, I think our problem was in midfield, and it's just strange, isn't it? That he was a midfield player, and that's the the area that he can't quite hasn't quite managed to get right yet. Defensively, we're a lot better. We know we've got great attacking players. We're not getting the best out of them, and that could be, as you say, the midfield is a problem. And I'm surprised maybe that Arteta's taken so long to. I mean, I suppose an issue with that though, Adam, is Thomas Partey. His form, isn't it? I mean, he's not. What's what's going on with him? Do you think? Because he's not. He's nowhere near the player that we all assumed he was going to be. How well he was, how he was playing in Spain before. I mean, no, he's there with I do. I have been very disappointed in overall. I think in, in practice he's shown what he can do. I mean, like Old Trafford away last year, I thought he was immense, and you know, probably a couple of games this season. Like I think Villery had a good game. Spurs he done. I think it was Spurs he done all right. But on Saturday, I thought he was probably our, our most, probably our poorest player. Um, his positional sense on Saturday was terrible. And Laconga actually saved him positionally-wise quite a few yeah. times. At least the, the more junior player. You know, and, you know, everyone can have their off day. But I do think that, you know, like Lev just said about Odegaard, maybe 
you know, party should be good for the Premier League. It should be, it should be an ideal kind of fit, but it doesn't seem to quite be up to speed consistently. You know, and that's the problem for the consistency. I mean, people are saying that he has injuries and stuff, but they're not being, you know, a bit knocked sometimes. But when he is back playing and he is fully fit, he can't put a consistent run of performances in place. And no. how do you change that? You've either got that consistency, like your Vieiras, or you don't. You know, and that is an issue for me. And, you know, I know that he's probably that first pick, you know, in our midfield at the moment. But it's just not working. Maybe he could do with being dropped. I don't know. But it is a worry to me. I mean, I suppose we haven't really got... With Xhaka still out, we haven't really got a lot of other options, have we, I guess? Right. Elgeny, Maitland-Niles are the other two, maybe. And are they going to be any better coming in and doing the job in the midfield? I'm not sure. See where the problem is. I mean, we don't have... I mean, Basuma, as Lev mentioned, he, he, I've been saying this for a while, he would be perfect in our midfield. He would be he would transform our midfield on his own, just, just that one player. And getting other players around him as well, you know, is, is definitely what we need. But, I mean, Dorsey, how do you think we can get more out of Thomas Partey? Do you think it's the system is maybe not suiting him, his role in the team? Or do you think it's just a confidence thing or he's just not adapting to the English, English game? I think it could be a culmination of a few things, to be to be perfectly honest. Um, Adam touched on a few points there. I think he has picked up some niggly injuries, which which maybe is, is possibly holding him back slightly. Um and I think with that central midfield, it, it, it's a partnership, isn't it? And you need you need to find the right partner to really get the best out of each other. Um, and I'm not quite sure that we've done that. And I, I saw a glimpse of it of um, of a good relationship possibly with Xhaka, um, obviously before before Xhaka got injured. But um, whether or not that's the answer long term, I'm, I'm not so sure. And I think it is just that consistency that that, that frustrates me slightly with with Thomas Partey because. Again, like Adam said, it, on his on, on the games where he's been brilliant, he's absolutely bossed that midfield, and he's been he's been absolutely superb. But I, I think Basuma, I, I was disappointed we didn't we didn't look a bit more for him, and may, maybe that's because there was stuff going on in the background with Xhaka signing this extension. Um, obviously, we were looking at Lokonga as well. Um, maybe if Granite Xhaka was adamant that he was going to go, maybe we would have pushed more for Basuma possibly, but. Um, I, I like him a lot, the sooner he would um, he would be perfect for Arsenal. But yeah, it is a bit of a concern, and, and Lev nailed it. That that the transition between defensive and attack is just we haven't got that balance right at all, um, and it is it is stifling those forward players because those players we've got up front are better than what we're getting out of them for for, mm. for sure, um, and it's just trying to find that 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 right recipe, I guess, to to kind of get the best out of them, but. I did see today. I, I only skimmed the article, but I think we've we've reached out to an, a Juventus midfielder, have we? I didn't see the name. Um, one of the guys over there, they're reporting thirty-five million pound Juventus midfielder. I didn't quite catch the name. I'll try and have a look in a minute. But so he's obviously, if that if that's the case, and he's still looking at other options, and he's obviously not happy with the options that he's got there. Um, if he's still looking, but yeah. I, would you drop party? I, I I probably wouldn't just because even a fifty percent Thomas party is probably better than than certainly better than the options we've got, but probably better than some midfielders in in the league still. So, um, but I think also as well we maybe we maybe had too higher expectations from him. Everyone was saying he was going to be the next Vieira, etc. But let's face you never you're never going to get another Patrick Vieira. So 
yeah. it's just a case of trying to find the right partner for him and i think if you do that then then you'll get more out of him but we need him we need him fit and firing for 35 games a season for for sure he needs that consistency because otherwise we're going to struggle it's, um, is it locatelli was it no let me let me see if i can find Aaron Ramsey. Uh, yeah, there was the Aaron Ramsey story, which is basically <laughs> they're trying to suck Liverpool into yeah. Aaron Ramsey, I think it is. That's the one I saw. Is it not Rabio? No, it was a guy I hadn't I hadn't heard of him before, so I don't know much about him, but I'm just seeing if I can. I know we that. were looking at Jonathan Davids, who's a striker, I believe. Bijan Bijan Kulusevski. No. Never heard of him. Never heard but, of him. Yeah, according to Dimazio. Thirty-five million pound plus bonuses, and we've made first first contact with his so agent. Not being funny, what would you pay for Basuma in in the Prem right now? Thirty million, we're looking at tw- twenty-five million, maybe. Yeah, so uh, I'd rather get a Premiership proven midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe if you're going to go abroad, look at an attacking midfielder. Maybe if you want to look at different options, because it's obviously yeah. a bit difficult to find them here. But I, I think with the party situation as well, I think. You've hit the nail on the head as well. I think he needs a partner because yeah. the guys got injured after coming to us. Then the, the the more senior guy that he's meant to be paired with gets injured. Then he gets a a, a young deputant, a bit like when Guendouzi came in. Guendouzi weren't meant to play. Guendouzi yeah. was meant to be in the in the under twenty threes, learning his his craft and, and adapting. Due to injuries, he got in very quickly, and you know got a bit to his head maybe perhaps. But Lukonga is a different type of animal he's a good good prospect but he's going to make mistakes and he's going to leave gaps he's going to leave issues for thomas party to have to cover and and he's going to make bad decisions as well as a young kid so it's a bit hard to judge thomas party based on his performances until we have someone regularly next to him who could do the job as well i I believe if you look around other teams have proven you can find quality kante was bought by leicester for 400k Phillips at Leeds, look how well he's done. I mean, if we had gone through him a couple of seasons ago, we'd all be saying what a great signing he is, for example. You can find good midfielders. Basuma, you can find for 30 million, like we've discussed. So I think that, you know, teams, lower teams have proven and they've caught up with us by doing better business and, and, and having better scouting. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems that seems to be the situation. Um, the truth sets free as a Tottenham fan. He says... Um, Kulaveski, if that's his name, was at Juventus with Ronaldo last year. Yeah, he would have been. Um, so and he's a redhead. Yeah, the redhead one, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how relevant that is. But as, 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 opposed to, as opposed to oh, Ronaldo, yeah. who isn't a redhead, I suppose that's how you distinguish them between the two, I, I, I guess thought. so. Yeah, maybe. Um, and Nigel says, um, Jack is on the mend, chaps fear not. Well, yeah, he's, 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 he seems to be. Um, I'm fearing. Get a lot quicker, and uh, the truth is, says Jonathan David looks amazing to be honest. I don't know too much about him either, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he's a good little but, prospect, but yeah, I mean, we need somebody, and if it's going to be one of those two, then that'd be great. I mean, I think the Locatelli one was more last summer, wasn't it? That was talked about, and it never happened, did it? I think that one's yeah, probably yeah. gone. I'm not yeah. sure if, if he would have been the right choice anyway, if I'm honest, but but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It may well mean January's coming up soon. Do you think we'll buy anyone in January, guys, or do you think that we may wait until? The end of the season. I mean, I think oh. we could really do it one or two people in January, couldn't we? Just to give the squad a bit of a boost. Because oh, you know, what about Afcon, Rich? That's my concern. Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. All these players go. You've got Partey going Afcon. You've got Aubameyang going Afcon. Pepe's going Afcon. El Nenny's going Afcon. Our midfield's light as it is. What's going to happen in that yeah. December January period? 
We need to find out. I can't help but think they're going to end up signing Jack Wilshere on a short-term deal. And well, not, I, I predicted it, and they've already started spouting yeah. it out already. They've already yeah, started it's not, it. It's not the listen. It's an option, um, and there's no harm in doing it because you're going to put him on a pay as you play. So if he if he if he plays, then you pay him, and it's as simple as that. But uh, he's certainly not going to be um, the, the the answer to to the problems and, and losing party. Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Just how important he is to our team come January. Um, obviously the where we are now and we'll see where we are when he comes back so um yeah it's a it's a, it's a big concern and i think because of that i think we might see maybe a loan deal maybe two loan deals possibly coming in i can't see us going out and buying any kind of big name there's not going to be any big signings i don't think but he's got to try and he's got to try and find an option for for cover because like lev said our, our midfield's really really light and a, and a couple of injuries we're bang in trouble so you're going to um, rely on Lukonga and Maitland Niles, isn't you? It's going to be Lukonga yeah, and Maitland Niles. Or Lukonga and Xhaka if he's back. I don't mind the idea of using Wilshire maybe in a more forward role, attacking midfield, yeah. to, to give you, you know, that ball, that final ball, which we're lacking at the moment. I can't see him running a midfield no. in his, you know, the way he is now, unfortunately. And they've already started saying he, he and Ben White are the best two players in training. And they've already yeah. started, to, and, and they questioned Arteta about it. And he's now gone from a definite no to, well, we'll see. I, I could yeah. see it happening. It would be typical yeah. Arsenal, but we still would need someone more solid, like a Partey, yeah. Basuma type, to play in behind him if you're going to utilize him in that way. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, the problem's going to be in January, isn't it? All the all the good players are going to go to Newcastle, aren't they? Because they're going to offer the most money. So you're going to end up in the championship, be... Rich. Well, yeah, but they, they want to they want to avoid that that fate, don't they? So they're about to go out and spend a bit in January. So everyone's going to go there, aren't they? Newcastle. All the wholesale, wholesale in uh, yeah, have some top players in the championship paid some ridiculous wages by a Saudi, but still playing <laughs> in the championship. Well, yeah, I know. It's, it could be crazy, couldn't it, what's going on there? But it certainly look as though they're on their way down. But January is going to be a big month for, for them, certainly. And the True Set 3 says, hey, you didn't lose to, to Mura Farming FC, but then we don't have Conte. No, we don't have Conte, no. But we right, we didn't lose to a bunch of farmers, which is... Which is not nice. sure I want Conte. So we, we're quite happy about but that. I'm not sure Conte wants them now. No, no, he doesn't look like I think what you said last week is like, what have I done? I've made a mistake. He's got, he's, he's, got the Alexis, he's got the Alexis Sanchez thing, hasn't he? When when Alexis Sanchez first went to Man United, he, he's yeah. asked his agent the first day, didn't he? Can I go back to Arsenal? Can I change my mind? And it's like, that's what Conte's done, hasn't he? He's not a Tottenham. Can I change my mind and get out of it? Because he's not, he's, he realises how terrible they are. Um, obviously, Nigel says they're super Jack and Ramsey in midfield come January. <laughs> Let's have it. That'd be a throwback, wouldn't it? To, uh, you'll have, to a, you'll have an back. ambulance circling the, the, <laughs> yeah. like, on the pitch um, just waiting for one tackle to go in. That's I it. think yeah. the problem is we all we all love the idea of seeing, but I mean, I, 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 I had a huge amount of admiration for Aaron Ramsey. Um, one, for being at the club for so long. Two, from the injury he came back from. You know, there was everything to suggest that he was a he was a proper gooner come the end of it. So, and obviously Jack is 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 Jack. So, we all love the idea of him being in an Arsenal shirt, but I think we're just getting to a part uh, to a point in our in in the present where we're leaving all of that behind and, exactly. and a kind of and I want to continue yeah. to move forward rather than rather than looking back. I think listen, Jack Jack is maybe maybe slightly different in the sense that he hasn't got a club. Um, 
He's training with us. He's there. Arteta sees him day in, day out. If it, if it makes sense, we've got players going away to a tournament. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, going to look to bring someone like Aaron Ramsey back, he's going to be on big wages. And it, for me, it just doesn't, if that doesn't make sense, unfortunately, we just need to need to leave that in the past. It's not the best thing for, for the football club, is it, at all? So Taking another step back, you know what I mean? We're not we're not moving forward with you know. It's clear no. that he wants to move forward with youth for younger players, and that's just doing yes. the opposite. I mean, I think we yeah. do need we do need a bit more experience in the squad, and I think both yeah, those two yeah. players would give us experience. But yeah. like you said, it's kind of against the the, the pro. I, know I don't use that word, but the pro <laughs> players and getting two players who you know are past their best probably you'd have to say then is that really what what we need at this moment in time i'm not sure um so um Udi says uh we need five players proper right Jesus. back Aaron's, well i think we've got a proper right back we where do you need a, a backup right back i'd agree with that That's experience back to right teach back. the youngsters Cavalli, maybe another experienced cdm yeah i think we we agree with that one a right winger and a striker we need to finish top four. Well, it'd be nice to finish top four. And if, if we got some players in January, we'd have a hell of a chance. Nigel says they uh, call back Gwendozy from his loan. That's a good option as well. Because, you know, I think he's uh, he's got something about him, Gwendozy. I know he's not everyone's favourite, but he could, you know, as we mentioned with, with the AFCON coming up, he could come in and do a job, couldn't he? Uh, even if we just got him back through the end of the season. Possibly. But they've got options to buy. I think that's done and dusted, isn't it? I think yeah, yeah I, think so, yeah, I think so, yeah. That gentleman that just gave us a whole list of players to buy, five players. If you get Cooley buying, where does when does uh, uh, White play, Gabriel play? We've got Saliba coming back. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'd rather, I want Saliba back. I want Chambers and holding out. But mm. Cooley buying, I don't think he'll come. And he's not no. going to be a starter, in my opinion. So it's a, yeah, unless you've got Champions League football or something like that, it's very difficult. But also, like, I think Kuli Bali, especially, has been passed over by like the top clubs now because they see him as being kind of over the hill a little bit. Yeah, he is over the hill. I mean, understand, it could, it, it could be, if we were light in that area, I could understand yeah. getting him, you know, but like, I think I'd. You'll go Newcastle. Uh, yeah, I'd rather get a midfielder <laughs> in. We need look. a midfielder in. In yeah, December, yeah. Jan, oh, need 100%. 100%. some people are saying Vlaovic as well as a striker. We're going in for him. I don't know. Yeah. We've had a Fiorentina, Fiorentina striker, is yeah. It? We, we had yeah. we had Fabrizio on last week and, and we had Edu one, and they both said that he's our number one target. But I just don't see how it's going to happen. I don't, we don't no, have I mean, any Champions League football, but then again, we don't know how the season's going to end, do we? So, Plus as well, I mean, you know, in the position that we're in, and if we're in a similar position in January to where we are now, getting a player like that in could be the difference could be the, difference. the top four and not, and getting into the Champions League next year. So, you know... It's, Money talks of, rich. If we're going yeah, to smash no, the cash, then it could happen. Yeah, exactly. Money does talk. As I'm sure we're going to find out in January when Newcastle starts um, <laughs> start getting out and about. <laughs> but we'll see what happens with that. I mean, obviously, one one position in, in the team that um, we don't necessarily need to spend money on, but maybe we need... Uh, a change of personnel, perhaps, shall we say. I mean, we did mention him a little bit earlier in the show as well. Obviously, Aubameyang is, I mean, just not playing well at all, is he? I mean, I, I kind of agree with Lev that I don't think he's hes necessarily past it. He's, I think he's past his best. 
I don't think he's passing through. Is something? Is it his motivations disappeared since since the new contract? Is there other things going on behind the scenes? I mean, that chance on Saturday, it was like he was far too casual. The ball came to him, and he was like, "I relax conviction," or he was just too casual. One of those two things, and it, to me, that just sums up exactly. He missed a simple chance against Watford, which Saka scored and was offside. He should have scored himself. He missed a penalty against Watford. He missed that chance against Liverpool when it was 1-0. Could have got us back or 2-0. Could have got us back in the game. He missed that sitter against Newcastle. He's getting chances and he's not putting them away. And for me, it's a worry. We saw Martinelli come on. And let's be honest, Martinelli wouldn't have come on if Saka wasn't injured. Not that early in the game. Mm. It wasn't even for a Bamiang that he came on for. Um, and obviously, Martinelli's come in, got himself a great goal. Um, we know what potential he's got. Is this now the time to, to say to Aubameyang, look, it's not it's not working for you at the minute for whatever reason. I'm going to take you out of the team, give you a rest, maybe go and sort, sort your head out, whatever it is that you need to sort out, and maybe give Martinelli a run in the team. I think he deserves it for his patience that he's had and also the performance he, he produced on Saturday. I mean, Adam, would you look at doing that immediately now for this Man United game, get Martinelli in the team and maybe leave Aubameyang out? Or do you think Martinelli might have to play because of Saka's possible injury? I think let's see how Saka is first. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When Martinelli come on, like he was up for it, you know, straight away. And it was good. He was, he was raring to go. I mean, um, and I, I personally, I mean, I'd like to see... I'd, I don't think Saka will be, will be risked against United. You know, he limped off and I don't think even if he is coming through, he'll be risked from the start. But I'd like, you know, if, then if that's not the case, I prefer to see Martinelli come in than Pepe. You know, that's the other option. I prefer Martinelli, which means that you know, Bamian probably will start. Should he? No, not on merit because yeah, he doesn't deserve to. And I, I agree with completely what, what Lev said earlier. Like, I don't think he is past it completely because like I said you, you you can still get in those positions you know I remember seeing Dean Saunders play when he was like 35 36 and he wasn't as fast or sharp but he was running in the channels and you still got the mind and I think Aubameyang still got that he's just not as clinical as he was he's mm. lost that that killer instinct and maybe an edge do you think it's an edge to his game he's lost there's something gonna miss there's something gonna miss and I think that the consistency's gone out of his game you know few years ago you know that he was going to score like if not every game every other game you'd always guarantee it but then ever since you know we signed his new deal when we we're playing behind closed doors I, I did think playing behind closed doors affected him I do think he needs the crowd I think that much has been kind of proven when we we're playing with empty stadiums he just couldn't get himself motivated and I thought this season especially against Tottenham I thought oh he's back now you know he's bang up for it but then he just mm. went down again. I mean, purely yeah. based on form, he doesn't deserve to start for me. Um, but, you know, I'd start Lacazette above a Bamian at the moment because Lacazette will always give you 100%. You know, he's not the same kind of player, but he will always give you 100% no matter what. And it might not always come off for him, but he will always give you that 100%. And at the moment, you can't rely on a Bamian. You know, he's not someone you can actually rely on right now. So maybe dropping him will do him good and realise that, you know, actually you're not guaranteed a place in this team. Um, you know, because let's be fair, our strikers are not really, you know, coming in with the goals. They're not They're not doing their fair share. Our goals are coming from Smith-Rowe, from Saka, you know, from further back. So, something needs to be done, you know. I do think we might go for a striker in January, like we were saying earlier, and that will put pressure on him. But if there's news that we're going for a striker now, surely that will be putting the pressure on him now. You know, surely you should start getting now and say actually you don't need a new striker. I'm here. Let's let's move forward. But has me, he got that 
Has he got that motivation? That's what I'm saying in his career now. He's reached a point he's on a massive big contract. We know Urs had a similar problem. Has he still got that motivation? If we, if we are after a new striker, if we get a new striker, has he got that to say, right, well, okay, I'm going to fight for my place and prove I'm number one? I don't, I, he's I not don't displaying think, that, is he? I don't know if he's he kind has. of strolling around the pitch. I'd like to think that that's not the attitude he's got, but it's hard to see otherwise based on his performances currently. You know, so yeah. shame. It is a real shame, and it's a shame because of he's done. He has done great things for the club. He won us the FA Cup, of course. Let's not forget those two goals he got that day, and on the way to that final, and, and numerous other goals before that as well. And it's, I mean, Dorsey, I'm kind of quite sad actually of the decline of Abamyang because he's always been a player who's played with a smile on his face. He seems to love playing for Arsenal. He seemed to love all the teammates seem to love him, and and suddenly we're seeing. I don't know. It's it's quite sad, isn't it? I think the way it's happening with him at the minute. I think, I mean, we're, talk, we're sitting here talking about a player that's got seven goals in 11 games this season. So that yeah, just goes to show three, the level. Three of them were against West Brom in the League Cup, though, weren't they? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's got, he's got seven goals in 11 games. And I agree with a lot of what people are saying, that, that he's... He's not the player that we had two years ago. That's clear to see, or even three years ago. But what, what he did when we signed him for that first two and a half years was phenomenal. Was was, was It was Henri. Like, the, the numbers that he was pulling in, not necessarily that... I'm not saying he was as good as Henri, but in terms of the actual numbers that he was putting in, he was, he was right there alongside the best that we've had up front. So that, we're kind of still... We're still looking at him as that player. Um, I think it's clear to see that maybe that's he's maybe not that player anymore. Um, and, I, and I do agree that a decision needs to be made um, in terms of who starts because I, I probably would give Lacazette a run in the team. I think he's done enough when he's come on um, to change games in recent times. We we're thinking about the Palace game, and I think obviously he got a couple of games then playing behind a bummy mm-hmm. which. I don't think necessarily did him any favours. Like he, he, he seems to drop deep anyway a little bit. But um, I, I would, I would be, I would be tempted to give Lacazette two or three games up front. Just give Aubameyang a little bit of a rest and just get his get his head right. Um, there's clearly stuff gone on off the football pitch for Aubameyang outside of outside of football as well, which is which is maybe maybe, maybe having an effect on him, but. Yeah, I, I don't think he's done by any means. Um, like Lev said, you, if you've switched off as a striker, you don't get yourself in those positions. It's as simple as that. Um, so there's still, I think he's still got something to offer, but the club needs to be looking at options anyway. You know, Lacazette's only got not long left on his deal, so you've got to make a decision about what we do there. Um, Aubameyang's obviously on a big contract, but he's, what, 32 now, is he? Is it 32 years now? So... Uh, and Martinelli's banging on the door. And we've, we've spoken about it for the last three or four shows, Rich, that <clears throat> whenever he comes on, he makes an impact, um, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He always gives gives everything in the, in the time that he's got. So he definitely deserves a run. Um, I would start him against Man United. I think Adam is right. I don't think Saka will be risked. I think he'll probably play out wide and we'll probably see a Bamiyang through the middle. Um I'll be surprised if he drops in, whether or not we think that's the right decision or not. Time will tell. But um, yeah, I think we, as a club, we need to be looking at younger options anyway, because we're not in a position to 
to, to be in the same position in two years' time with if we gave Lacazette another deal with two strikers that are 32 and 34, you know, we can't we can't be in that position. Um, we need to look look younger anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it is a concern because he doesn't he just doesn't look the player that he was. When you look at the numbers, he's still scoring goals and you can only score against what you're playing against. But there's these big chances that he's missing now and the penalty, the, the, the chance at the weekend. Two, three years ago, he'd have been burying all of them. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what he does because it's a, it's a big call to drop your captain, whoever it is. No, it is a big call. I mean, I suppose because he is captain makes it a bigger call than maybe yeah. even even just as a player of his reputation, dropping that player would be a would be a big statement because he is captain as well. I mean, Lev, would you leave would you obviously leave him out for the Man United game and would you put Lacazette in as opposed to Martinelli through the centre? Do you because Lacazette for me is too deep, isn't he, when he plays up front, even when Aubameyang's not playing, he's not a six yard box finisher, is he? And that's where we need somebody to be. It's funny because had Aubameyang converted all the chances we've talking about that he's missed. We'd all be saying he's top striker in the Premier League right now. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Probably, That's yeah. how fine these lines are, yeah, in, in, in regards to being judged. Um, because, as I said before, if you're saying to me he's running through on goal and a defender catches him where he would normally have got away, you could turn around and say he's lost yards, he's finished, he's not the same player but he's getting in those positions. So it's tough because on one hand, you want that striker to start scoring, to break, to go back into a vein of form. Um, but in the other, you can't deny that he's missed some big chances for us, right? Um, and against the better sides, you're only going to get a couple, um, yeah. well, one or two maybe. Now, if you're going to play, if you're going to drop Bamiang, then for me, Lacazette has to play down the middle. Because one thing Lacadet does do is bring in the likes of your Smith Rose and your Sackers into the game. He links yeah. up better with these guys. It's we need a striker that can do both. Unfortunately, we have two that to do two different things. Yeah. I think Lacazette is underrated. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. you know if he if he gets chances as well, he's proven that he can finish. Um but he's always been playing second fiddle to Aubameyang. And then I think Aubameyang has also suffered from being played out wide a lot. And, and he's also suffered from the time that Ozil left. We haven't really had anyone creative to give him the ball the way he's expecting it. So it, it's a lot of things. But if you're going to play, if you're going to drop Aubameyang, you've got to go Lacazette, Lacazette down the middle. And then I would go Martinelli on the wing because it looks like Saka's not going to be ready. Um, and I think Saka needs a to arrest, to be honest with you, because yeah. as good as he, you know, he is capable of doing something magical, his levels have dropped overall at the moment. I think he's maybe being overplayed. He could do with a rest, and we could, that's what we want. We want what's going on with that left back position right now, don't we? You want competition yeah. for places. You want people chomping at the bit, like Martinelli did the other day, came on and said, Hey, I, I want to be in this team. And that's what you want. So, mm. Hopefully, we can get that from the likes of Martinelli. But, yeah, I don't know. Dropping a Bamiang, it is a tough one. I personally probably would. I'd drop him and I would play Lacazette down the middle and I'd play Martinelli on the wing with uh, Smith-Rowe. I want Smith-Rowe in the middle. Yeah. I'd rather have two natural wingers and I want Smith-Rowe in a 10 where Lacazette's been playing behind a Bamiang. 
stick yeah. Smith Rowe in there and play two naturally wide guys. Because Smith Rowe, I think there's a lot to come from him as an AM, as an attacking yeah. midfielder, coming in late and doing what someone like Aaron Ramsey used to do. We don't have midfielders like that coming in late. Uh, when the crosses are cut back and the centre forwards, uh, centre backs have made their runs, and the ball's in behind them, we need midfielders running onto those balls. So, mm. personally, I'd go Smith Rowe in the middle, I'd go Lacazette up top, and I'd go two wingers either side. That's what I would do. Yeah, no, no. I think that's, that's. I mean, I think Smith Rowe would be effective in that in that position. And I think this season he's already shown, hasn't he? He's got five goals, and a lot of those goals have been when he's made a late run, hasn't he? On the edge of the box and got on the end of a, a ball, a pullback or a, a ball that's fell. He's fell. got that in the locker, hundred percent. He's yeah. got yeah. that late arrival in the in the in the in the locker. And I personally, yeah. you know, it's. I know people were saying that he scored from the from the left hand side, but if you look at the type of goals he scored, he came into crosses that were cut back. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and, yeah. and that he has that there. And I think the more central he plays, the more of the game he can see, the more yeah. options he'll have. And, and, and he can run in from deep and attack those centre, centre backs as yeah. well. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think that's definitely his best position. Um, but for some reason, he's, he's not getting to play there. Nigel we says there will be... wide, Rich. That's what we've done historically. Tens, we buy yeah. tens and stick them out wide, don't we? Yeah, we do. That's what we have done. Yeah, it's, it's a, it must be an Arsenal thing. And Nigel says that with regards to Uber, I think um, many Arsenal fans hasn't seen a player stay at the club long enough to the point of decline. We never saw RVP, Nasri or Fabregas, for example, decline. No, we didn't. That's true. They all left just before they were about to decline, actually, didn't they? Or I know Fabregas had a few more years left in him, I suppose. But um, but yeah, maybe that's true. We don't often see a player stay long enough to decline, do we? I guess because they, they generally haven't stayed. Um, well, Rich, all this talk of decline, Ronaldo's 36. Yeah. yeah, but he's a machine, right? isn't he? I don't think he wasn't a striker. He was a winger. He's converted his game into a striker and he's a finisher. That's all he is. He's a finisher. You give him one chance, he'll do nothing all game. Give him one chance, he'll finish. You know, so I don't know. A lot of emphasis put on age at 32 nowadays is quite, it's still pretty young. These guys are much fitter than they used to be. No, they are. But I I mean, I don't really look at his age so much. I mean, his age is an issue, but it's more how he's playing. And he, he looks like a player who's 32, doesn't he? He doesn't look like, you know, Ronaldo, when you see him play, he doesn't look like he's 36, does he? He looks like he's a lot younger. Just the energy that he shows and the way that he, he plays the game, whereas Aubameyang is looking as though he's, he's you know, past his best. And that, that's that's the problem, I think. I mean, Nigel says that uh, we seem to be after uh, Lorato Martinez in the summer. Yeah, I heard a few stories about that. Um, and Udit says, yeah, uh, Uber doesn't seem to have the appetite anymore. No, I don't think he does. I think you're right. He's got his last payday and it's okay either way. Um, not that he won't try. Solution is just to get a top striker like Valovic, you know, we, we mentioned before, um, and mitigate the Uber risk. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what we need, isn't it? We need to get someone else in, as we said. And if, that's if the guy, then, Is that the guy that wanted yeah. us to also get? <laughs> yeah. So let me get this straight. Udit wants us to just go out and get <laughs> Kubai a CDM, another winger, Vlaovic. Um, <laughs> like, what's he playing? FIFA? Like, I don't understand. We've got Newcastle's takeover. But no, I mean, <laughs> we, would, we would need Newcastle's takeover to be a full-doing players, I suppose. Mm. But they would improve the team and the squad. There's no doubt about that. But I just don't think we're not going to do all that in one transfer window, are we? Uh, no. If ever at all. So we need to pick and choose the, the kind of positions that we need and the players that we want for those one or two positions in January. And I do think a striker 
could be top of the list and the midfield, as we said. So, you know, maybe put a little bit more pressure on, on Aubameyang and see how he reacts to it. He's either going to sink or swim, in it. He's either going to step up his game and say, right, I'm going to prove myself back to you again, or he's not. And then we've got a new player in coming and, and score the goals that we need. So either way... I'll tell you, I'll a... tell you what I'd like to see come in is Calvert-Lewin. Mm. I think joining the bigger club, I think he's the kind of player I think could take his game to the next level and just... Obviously, not so much this season. He's, he's, he's had an injury, but last season yeah. I thought he was brilliant. He's so good in the air. And I think he gives you gives you a little bit of everything. But I think that's going to be a big fear, isn't it? English, you know, he's young. He's already in the Premier League, so I think you're probably looking at sixty plus, probably um, for someone like that. But yeah, someone. I like think yeah, the, the problem with Calvin Lewin for me is he's only done it for one season. You want this right. season, yeah. You could yeah, buy so. him, and he could he could be one of those strikers that has that yeah. one great season, and then and then he's useless, right? So I I, I don't know. I, I, jewelry's out on Tony Jeffers from Everton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that worked out well, didn't it? There's Brox mm. in the box. I'll tell you, I'd like Ivan Tony. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad shout. Yeah, you get. But again, good. again, only one real season in the Premier League. You know, we had Pookie come from New uh, Norwich. And he looked like a world beater for a few months. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? You just don't know. You no, just no, don't you know. Know. Every, every sign is a risk, isn't it? You never know how anyone's sure. going to settle in. But you've got to maybe, we, we need somebody. And we can't just go and say, well, you know, he's a risk. or he, Every player's a risk that you sign. All, all the ones we signed in the summer were risks. And they, they've all worked out quite well so far. And why not take a risk on someone again? I mean, I think Ivan Tony would suit the sort of, he's the sort of player that I think we need. He's physical. He's, he's a gooner as well, isn't he? He is a gooner as well, yeah, exactly. And and I think that, that helps, doesn't it? Because he's going to have that desire to, to win for the club a little bit more maybe than someone who you just randomly buy. So mm. I quite like him as well. I think he seems like a nice guy. He, he speaks when he's interviewed and stuff like that. And I'd like to see I'd like to see somebody like that. He would be perfect, but I don't know how much it would cost to get him. Um that's another that's another issue, isn't it? Not I as much as Vlaovic, that's for sure. No, <laughs> no probably not. No, it probably wouldn't be as much. No, that, that's that's the point, yeah. And Nigel says that Eddie and Ketu is another one um, for the hail-in scrap heap, which includes the likes of Sanchez, Watt and Chubarak Pom. I think Eddie's maybe a little bit above th those two that you mentioned there. But yeah, he's clearly not going to ever make it, is he? We can't score goals. He's a striker and he can't get a game. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. And there was, a, there was a, a, I saw a comment earlier. I'm trying to find them all now. Someone mentioned about Balogun. Um, the under twenty threes, he's not going to, um, he's not going to develop his game playing in the under twenty threes when he's scoring ten goals a game, whatever it is, and he needs to either get more game time in the first team or go be sent out on loan. But he had a, he had an opportunity to start the season, didn't exactly cover himself in glory, did he? And I know, One you know, game, said, no, Rich, no, well, no, no, I agree, he does need more games, and that was a difficult game for him to come into. Um, but yeah, we'll have to. I don't know. I don't that understand if they didn't keep it, if they do, if they weren't going to play him this season. Loaning. Why is he not yes, out on go, loan? Yeah. Why, yeah. why have you let Saliba go on loan, right? Who we could have done with, and Gwen Doozy, who we could have done with, whether or not you're going to play him, we could use them in the squad. You've got rid of them guys, but the likes of Balogun, you've let them stay in the under 23s. And then, uh, you know, I just don't, uh, that I don't understand. When you, you could have sent yeah. Chambers yeah. and flipping Holding out on loan. Wanted to, yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and I don't know why. And Mavropanos was another one. Why did we let him go? And you know, Mavropanos again, arguably, Saliba and Mavropanos are better than Chambers and Holding. I agree, one hundred percent. They are better. Yeah. I think, but certainly potentially they are. Without a shadow yeah. of a doubt, we'll, we'll never quite know because Mavropanos has played what five or six games in the Premier League, and Saliba has been brilliant in Germany, though, isn't he? Yeah, no, he is. No, he's doing brilliant. Yeah, 
I, I, you could tell he had something about him. He had a couple of injuries, didn't he, at Arsenal when he was there and before he went out on loan. So I don't know whether that maybe affected him. Nigel says there, yeah, Mitchu looked uh, like a second yep, coming of Melbourne. Yeah, he did. He did, 100%. yeah. He did, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. And then he was scored. useless after that. He, he scored against score. us quite a few times, didn't he, as well? Mitchu, he always yeah. seemed to score against us, didn't he? One of them players that, you know. Well, two like, out of place, didn't he? Yeah, a bit like um, Ben Teke, one of them players who scores against us, doesn't score against anyone else. Just seems to score against us for some reason. But anyway. Um, yeah, we I let everyone know. score. You could, The minute a yeah. commentator says, he hasn't scored in 30 games or he hasn't scored <laughs> in two years, you know, yeah. you might as well go and stick a bet on that guy because he's yeah, going to score he, against us. He will, yeah, definitely. I, I'm quite glad Sancho scored for Man United because I guarantee his first goal would have been against us if he hadn't already got it, but... Luckily, he's got one now. But talking of which, actually, we might as well look ahead to Thursday night. A big game. It's always a big game. Not quite as big as it maybe used to be. Now, of course, we haven't actually lost that Old Trafford for the last three seasons, actually, which is unusual for us. We've never gone four seasons in a row without losing at Old Trafford. So... Um, there's you know, <laughs> Cheers, a, a Rich. for that stat, Rich. Well, yeah, really. <laughs> what can I do? I'm just, I'm, I'm not the messenger. It's a stat that's out there, and that's it. So, I mean, mm. last year we did win for the first time in since 2006, but we haven't won at Old Trafford with a crowd in the stadium since 2006. So, we need to maybe look at that. United have got their own problems, as we said. We know it potentially it could be a good time to be playing. I mean, away, but new manager bounce. I know he's not going to be doing a lot yet, but. I don't even know if he can even go to the training ground due to kind of restrictions on travel and stuff like that. I'm not really sure. But um, so he probably won't have that much influence on the game. But this has always been, uh, we know how hard this fixture has been over the years for us. I know we've got a better record in recent years, but traditionally it's a difficult game for us. Is this going to be, I mean, I want to see, obviously Liverpool didn't go particularly well. Man City hasn't gone particularly well. These are the away games that we generally have struggled in. And I want to see us go to an away game against one of the so-called big six. I know United are struggling at the minute, but they are still one of the big six. Go there and put in a performance and say, you know what, this is what we can do. I, I, I want to see us do that. I'm desperate to see. I wanted to see us do it at Anfield and we didn't. I wanted to see us do it at Man City and we didn't. Can we Can we finally do it, Adam? Do you think this is this going to be the time we can go in a, an away game at a place like this with a full capacity crowd in and turn it on and show, you know what, we are here to be taken seriously? Well, I would have said yes before you come out with that stat. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. Um, I'm actually... I don't think we'll lose. I don't think we're going to lose against United at their place. You know, I think that I hope we go there with the same kind of attitude as we did like Leicester away, you know, because Leicester's not an easy place to go. I know they've not been at their best this season, but I hope we attack them from the start because United don't like being attacked. You know, I mean, like you saw the other day, they were lucky to get a draw against Chelsea, weren't they? I mean, like Chelsea were like all over them. So, you know, they're easy to get out. They're very susceptible at the back. You know, I don't think they're nowhere near the force that they once was. They could get back there, who knows? But I, I think their midfield's pretty weak as well. Um, I, I think they're there for the taking. And I think, you know, at the stage there, at that transition period, Ranjik hasn't, you know, had that time to to get in there and make his mark. I think it's as good a time as any. Uh, I don't think it'll be that open. I think United will go to not concede and then try and get it on the, on the counter with Sancho. But I think if we get them early, if we get at them early, it will make them come out towards us. But I think, you know, if we're going to do predictions later, I'll come on to that then. But it's definitely a winnable game. And I'd love to see a good performance. 
Um, but again, with United, you just never know, do you? You just never know. No, you, you don't. And I suppose, you know, it just historically, this has always been a game where it's generally, it's always been a tough game for us. You know, some teams go there and, and won a few times and we just seem to always struggle. I know last year we, we did play well. And I'd like to see us put a similar performance in this week than we, as we did last season. I know it'd be a, it's a different situation with, with crowding and stuff like that. But, I mean, Dorsey, what are you expecting from us at Old Trafford this time? Because, you know, are you expecting, I mean, Adam, Adam wants us to go for it from the start, attack them. Do you think we'll do that? It's not Arteta's style generally, though, is it? Especially away from home. No, not really. I think United are a funny one, aren't they? They kind of, with the way that when we had, the, obviously, the, Fenger, uh, the Ferguson and Wenger eras, they kind of you think that United are giving us a little bit of a look into the future of what's to come. I mean, they've they still haven't progressed. I mean, how, what year did Ferguson go? Was it 2013? Was it something like that? Yeah. You know, and they're, yeah. and they're, and they're still looking for the answers. And that and that for me goes a long way to why I'm behind Arteta because I've seen glimpses of potentially where we can get to. Whether or not he's the right man for the job, I don't know. But I think the way that United have been very well, they haven't got any stability at the club of they at all. Um, and I think maybe that's where we need to to take this route with Arteta for a little bit longer and just see where we end up. But in terms of the game at the weekend, um, listen, I think, of course, it, a perfect scenario will be go up there, we turn up, we play really well, we attack them from the start, we get an early goal, you end up going to win maybe maybe two or three and, 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 and you bounce on from that. But that's... That that's the perfect scenario. Are we going to get that? Probably probably not. Um, for me, this is one of those games that if we can find a way to win it, I really couldn't care less how we win it. Um, if we need to win it dirty, just just try and just try and get the three points because that. And I know I think it was Lev I think touching it earlier about saying about wishing that we still had Oli in, but I think Arteta in the games that he's played against Oli is always tactically done quite well against Oli. So whether or not, yeah. like say, listen, Carrick's not going to have changed a great deal in oh, just over a week to what Oli was doing. So I'd like to think that Arteta can go some way to, to tactically setting a team up that can compete. Um, I agree with Adam. I can't necessarily see us losing, but like Lev said, Ronaldo's a machine and he only needs one chance. And if he gets one or two chances, he's going to score. So, we need to be clinical um, in our chance, in in what in the chances that we're able to create. Because if we're not, I think we might we might struggle a little bit. But yeah, I don't care. I just I just want to go there and win. If we can put in a performance and get a result, even better. But we just those three points would be would be a huge confidence boost going into that that Everton game because it doesn't matter how badly Everton are. That's still a really really tough ground to go and play at. So um, yeah. A brilliant performance would be ideal, but I don't care as long as as long as we can try and get three points. I'm not not too fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the perform I think the performance does matter simply for the fact that you know everybody said, yeah, it tonight, it everybody said it before. Man United were lucky to get a draw at Chelsea, but they got a result. And if we if we're lucky to get a, a result on Man United, it'll be great, and we've got a result. But is it something that we can really? We we need to put a statement out to everybody really to say one Arteta is getting it right finally, and secondly that you know we can 
push for that top four, that, that fourth place, which is up for grabs this season. There's no doubt about it. It's up for grabs. But we need to really take hold of it and say, you know what, we can. And the way to do it is to go to a place like Old Trafford, put in a performance and get a result. I mean, are you expecting too many changes to the to the formation of the team then, Lev? Or do you think that we maybe we're going to look at a similar system? It's just maybe one or two changes because of injuries and stuff may happen. Or, or do you think you might maybe change change tactics completely? There's not really much to change, is there? Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't change the, the back line. I wouldn't change the goalie. Um, no. I wouldn't change our midfield. Um, at the moment, I'd, I'd I'd go with Lukonga and Partey again. Um, question is, do you do you start Odegaard this time around or do you not? That's that's maybe the one question mark. Um, the key the key for for me, I think Dorsey said it as well as we we need to be a little bit more. We need to be clinical, right? Because the one thing I do I am wary of with United is. The likes of your Cavani's and your Ronaldo's and your Greenwoods, yeah. right? They're dangerous players. They are dangerous, and Bruno has a as a way of playing them through and, and and arriving late in the box. But he hasn't been the best recently either. So, look, look if we can keep them out, we stand a very good chance because I don't rate them defensively and I don't rate them in midfield. However. Where they could get at us is, as I say, they've got the players that could punish us, especially Ronaldo could come on with 20 minutes to go. Cavani's movement is deadly against us. He always causes us problems with his movement. He did it at PSG. He's done it at United last season. He's, he causes us problems. It's movement that causes our defence problems. So um, that's the, the areas I'm, I'm, I'm worried about. Do I think there's going to be much change in our formation? No, I don't. It might be the odd player. Depends on whether Saka's going to be fit or not, and uh, whether he goes with Lacazette up top or sticks with Aubameyang. Um, and then it's just a conundrum of whether or not oh, you find space for Odegaard or, or, or not. You know, but I don't think it's going to be very different to what we've got. I like the fact that he's playing uh, um, a settled team over and over again, rather than chopping and changing. The back line, especially, is very important to keep us settled. Um, I do think they're there for the taking. But are we gonna do it? That's the question. You know, I'd be happy with a draw, but I do. I would be disappointed if we didn't at least go for it. I, I would like to see a similar performance as the lad said here, um, as we did with Leicester. We went for it against Leicester. We were we were ruthless. So let's see. But they're definitely. I don't fear them. No, no, I don't think we need to fear them at the moment with the way they've been playing, certainly. I don't think too many teams do fear them. And Nigel's put in the chat and he says, I always look at United as our northern counterpart. Yeah, I guess they are in a way. Yeah, I've grown more fond of them since they've been terrible. Um, and not to mention there are bigger evils in the league, Spurs and Chelsea. There you're right, and Man City as well. Very similar journeys, haven't they, us and them at the moment? Yeah, we've lost yeah. two, we've both lost long-serving managers and it's been very difficult to replace them since. We've, and, and yeah. it's not just replacing the managers, it's replacing the backroom staff, it's replacing what goes on in training, um, the matrixes, the processes, everything, the youth, every manager has a different way of doing things. So it, it's gutting it from inside almost and having to start again. The interesting yeah. thing for me was Arteta coming out and actually saying he'd love Benga back in the club. Because that to yeah. me says to me, he is somebody that could do with his guidance. You know, and at the same time, it helps with the with players wanting to come in, having someone like Wenger greeting a, a potential player that we're looking at might be something to look at. I, I wouldn't mind that, to be honest with you. No, no, I, I wouldn't mind it either in a certain capacity. I mean, I do think that the, the shadow... 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the shadow of Fergie at Old Trafford, he's always in the crowd watching the games. I just think that since he's left, that's maybe put even more pressure on everybody, you know, because he's always there, isn't he? And, you know, you've seen sometimes look on his face when they've lost games and stuff. And, you know, I, I know it's not the same with Wenger because Wenger hasn't even been in the stadium watching the game, has he, that I'm aware of? He, he said he hadn't been back. So um, I'd like to see him back. I love Wenger and I think he can still offer something, but not, I don't want him involved too much in the day-to-day -day training and the, no. the game situation. I don't think that would be a good, I think that's undermining Arteta in a way and I don't think that's going to help him. Um, but maybe the fact Arteta has mentioned him suggests that maybe Arteta wants to help, which you know is, is a slightly worrying in a way. But at least he's going to embrace it, and I suppose rather than just you know pretend everything's fine. Um, well, if you're a novice manager and you've got somebody yeah. with that wealth of experience, it's great to know you can knock on his door and say, "Hey, yeah. Arsene, I've got this issue." I wouldn't have him on his toes in the in the change room and dressing room and all that. But it's good to know he's in the club somewhere where yeah. you could go speak to him off the record, have a chat. He's also his knowledge of the game, the knowledge of players globally, um, the fact that he works with he works with FIFA, right? So he's going to have mm. knowledge of all the players globally as well. I mean, it's a great, it would be a great uh, um, asset to have within the organisation, within the club. I think so. Yeah, I no, think no, as no. well, he wants to bring back the um, the culture as well. We lost the culture, didn't we? As soon as as soon as soon Wenger left, the yeah. few of the traditions started to go out the window. You know, the culture started to, we kind of started to feel like a different club, not 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 kind of the Arsenal that we, we kind should've, of been used to. We should have kept all the legends. We should yeah, have had all the legends yeah. through in our coaching. Defendo, yeah, yeah. you should have had someone like Sol Campbell Adams, Vieira for midfield, you should have had yeah. Thierry Henry for striker, Ian Wright for strikers. You know, all these great players should have been in, uh, passing on their knowledge to the next generation. Yeah. And that's how you would have kept the culture, but we didn't. That's what Liverpool did for them years, didn't they? You know, the boot room and stuff like that. That's yeah. how they maintain their success all that time, I guess. Um, Melvin's in the chat. How do you, Melvin? Uh, he couldn't be on the show tonight. He said, um, hi, everyone. Don't show them too much respect. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? Don't show them too much respect. Exactly that. And if we don't, if we if we do show, like we showed Liverpool too much respect, didn't we, when we played them a couple of weeks ago? Um, let's hope we've, we've learned our lesson um, from that. Nigel says, yeah, Vengon having a statue <coughs> outside the stadium of travesty. The ground should be named after him, if we're being honest. Maybe a stand should be named after him, perhaps, rather than the whole stadium. The whole ground. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a stand. I'll give him a Maybe the, the West End or something, you know, the, the Arsene Wenger. If you ever needed a shadow over you, it's the Arsene Wenger Stadium, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? You, how are you going to ever get out of that shadow? You're, ne you're never going to move on from that, are you? But I agree. I mean, it's it's I mean technically, it is Arsene Wenger Stadium, stadium isn't it? Well, yeah, it is his stadium, yeah. He, he basically built it, didn't he? Well, not built it, but, you know, he was he was a major force behind it, so I suppose he has got his own stadium. Um, just before we move away from Man United, we need a score prediction. Adam, go on. What's your score prediction for Man United Thursday? 1-0. Oh, 1-0, oh, OK. I want to win, but I'm being a bit more realistic. OK, Dorsey, what are you thinking? What's your score prediction for Man United? Oh. It's such a difficult one to call. It, it, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. Um, I, I don't think it's not going to be a three-four goal game. I don't think. Um, I actually think it could be quite close again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for a one-nil Arsenal win, similar to last Ooh. season. I think. I'm hoping we're going to try and try and pinch it by being solid and maybe try and try and catch them on the counter attack if we can. One-nil. We'd all have a one-nil away from home win. Lev, what are you thinking? Well, I've gone for two-one on the Arsenal lounge, so I've got to have to stick with that. I, one thing I will say, it's definitely not going to be 20 nil. You're <laughs> a woman's football fan, aren't you? Just saw yeah, that. Yeah. No, that, that, that be a 20 nil. Yeah. Yeah, is that is, cricket? Yeah. Is that rugby? 
What is I mean, it? That is amazing, isn't it? I mean, wow. What? It's a record. It's a record score actually, because I think England's record win before that was thirteen 0 so they've gone and beaten that by. Quite I, know, some I thought point. I was looking at rugby there for a minute. Yeah, two one. I mean, that's, um, that's ruthlessness. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's ruthlessness. It's also awful. Like you've got to be awful <laughs> to be beating twenty nil. I haven't seen a result like that since I was in the kids' leagues. <laughs> like lines under nines. But yeah, two one. Um, I'm hoping, you know, it, it's going to be a tight game, 1-1, both teams, like, you know, still in the game. United will inevitably have to push for that winner and maybe, hopefully, we counter them. I'm probably being uh, a little bit, uh, what should I say, unrealistic, but I'm going to stick with it, 2-1. No, that'd be great. Nigel in the chat there says 2-0 to Arsenal, so he's been even more optimistic. So there you go. Right. Um, Definitely say that. Uh, well, yeah, and uh, Melvin says, uh, would Wenger be allowed to do both jobs? Obviously, the job at FIFA as well, conflict of interest, possibly. Yeah, that, that's that's a, a point, maybe. Well, I'm not sure really if it would be particularly. I don't know. I'm not really sure if it would. Well, if um, it, I guess he will, he, will, he will take one or the other, I would imagine. But Yeah, probably. Uh, and Nigel says, in Real Madrid have the uh, Santiago Bernabeu. Yeah, they do. So, it has worked. I mean, Alex Ferguson's got a stand named after him at Old Trafford, he? Brian Clough and Nottingham Forest got a stand named after him. Well, as didn't well. David Dean have a job with the FA and a job with Arsenal? Thanks. So, he was yeah. on a Premier League committee, wasn't he? I think yeah. he was on a Premier League committee. So yeah. there you go. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he, he's didn't help us though, did he? Yeah, I don't think. Well, I mean, David Dean was amazing for for us. No, yeah. I mean, he, he, did, he didn't help us being on the FA, did he? he? Didn't help us in the FA, did it? No, mean? no, it didn't help us in the FA. But like his knowledge of the game and and, and, oh, and yeah. players oh, and everything, massive. it'll be it'll be on a global scale with Wenger. I think it'll be a great acquisition. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'd, I'd, I'd like him back, but we'll have to see how that works out. Obviously, Man United isn't the only game we've got this week. Obviously, Monday night we're away again. Another big game. Uh, again, another ground that we've sort of struggled at in recent years. I mean, when I put that picture together, I was noticing that virtually everyone in that picture in an Arsenal shirt isn't, doesn't play anymore. You know, Leno, Holding, Ceballos, um, they're all gone or they're not playing. So it's been a big turnaround. Obviously, last December when we played Everton away before, it's... The, the team now, I mean, even the Man United game, we've had such a turnaround in, in personnel in the team. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Everton are really, really struggling at the minute. They've got the Merseyside derby to come this midweek as well. So it's not going to be any easier for them. Um, but can we go away from home to big games and get two positive results? I mean, so far, we're all thinking that we're going to pick up something at Man United. Can we follow that up? with a positive performance and a result away at Everton, who have, as we said, got a few issues. I mean, Adam, what are you, what are you thinking? I know it's difficult to maybe look too far ahead because we've got a game first and it could be injuries and whatever yeah. it might be. But, you know, looking at it now, what are you kind of expecting for that? I mean, coming so soon after the Man United game? Yeah, I mean, I do think we're going to see, you know, probably um, changes in team. You know, I do think that he's going to have to, you know, rotate the squad a little bit. You know, I think you'll probably go for the stronger team against United and then you'll have to rotate. <coughs> it's only a three days apart and we're coming into a busy schedule. So I do expect a certain element of rotation, not too much because then that will, you know, affect the rhythm. Um, Everton, again, I was chatting to a colleague at work today who's a massive Everton fan and he was saying to me that he hasn't seen them this bad for years and he was even included in Joe Royal team when they were fighting relegation dogs of war team and he even included that and he said but even with that team they had heart you know they were battlers he said 
they don't have that at the moment. He said they're like literally the players just don't seem to be caring. They can't swing passes together. But that can't go on forever, can it? I mean, like, and it's one of these things like, I know we said like Norwich will get a win sooner or later or Newcastle will get a win sooner or later, but Everton are going to have to win sooner or later. They've got a good squad in paper. They've got a decent squad. I mean, they've had injuries. They've had Calvert-Lewin out, Decore out. I only know all this, by the way, because I've chatted to an Everton fan today. I'm not an expert on Everton. Um, so you just lied and said you're just a football expert. You're really fine. I'll take that. I'll take it. I'm a football expert. <laughs> Edit the last two minutes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but it does worry me because forms, you know, they're due a win. They've lost five out of the last six. They're due a win. We should be beating them, though, based on the current way we're playing, the way they're playing. We should be winning. I am confident we will get a result, but I don't think it'll be easy. You know, that's because it never is easy. It never is easy going at Goodison. No, no, it isn't. It's one of the, the more difficult places to go, isn't it? It's the old stadium, fans close to the pitch and that kind of stuff. Kind of what we had at Highbury, really, isn't it, in a lot of ways? Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Highbury, in, in a sense, the, the stadium and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it is going to be difficult. I mean, I guess a lot of it may well depend on how they get on against Liverpool. If they get a good result, a good performance against Liverpool, they'll be buzzing, won't they? Coming into the game against us, and that could make a difference as well. If they get hammered against Liverpool, then, you know, they'll be even further down in the dumps, won't they? So that... You know, I think a lot of it may depend on what happens there first as well. I mean, what are you expecting, Dorsey, from the Everton game? You know, we haven't had some decent results there, have we, really, recently? No, not really. Where's the Liverpool game? Is that at Anfield? Yeah. No, it's yeah. a good isn't it? It's That's a good yeah. Is it? OK. Um, I'm kind of looking at these two games, next two games coming up as a bit of a a bit of a pair. Um, and I think Lev touched on it earlier. I think if you can go in, if you can come out of those two games with four points... I think you've got to be you've got to be happy with that, given the fact there's only three days in between the two games. I think you're you're asking a lot. I think I mean, listen, we'll be in dream world if we get six points out of those two games. And not not to say that it's not unrealistic. You know, United and Everton are, are, are neither neither of those teams are in any kind of form whatsoever. So um, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But if we're if we're being realistic with our position, I think if we can get take four points from those two games. I'd be very happy with that going into. I think it's West Ham after that, isn't it? So, Southampton, I think. Oh, Southampton then West Ham, is it? Yeah. So then we go into those two games. So, yeah. I mean, we should we should be we should be winning one of these next two games, whichever way round it is. Um, we should be winning one of them. Everton's probably the more realistic one because they're. I don't think it's 25th of September. Is it the last time they won a game? <laughs> so mm. when you think about it in that sense, it's, but like Adam said, you know, that can't go on forever. And people were saying, we were saying the same thing this time last week when we were talking about the Newcastle game, you know, they haven't won a game all season, you know, that can't go on forever. They've got to win a game before Christmas. We said all of that last week. Um, I think they're, they're drawing tonight against Norwich so far. So um, just finished. One all, is it? Yeah, yeah down, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't see him staying up, but um, yeah, yeah. I think I'm looking at these two games as a pair. I think if we can come out of that with four points, I'll be very very happy going into going into the the, the Christmas period because November notoriously is quite a bad month for us. So the fact we've we've not done we've not done too bad by the, the slight humiliation by Liverpool, which maybe some fans possibly expected i'm not too sure but um yeah if we can take four four points out of these next two games i'll be i'll be well happy yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I think that that's, I think we'd all we'd all would be as well. Nigel says that Everton are awful. How is Solomon Solomon Rondon their striker? Well, oh, he's getting a hat trick. Yeah. yeah, that seems yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And obviously, Rafa does like him as well. Obviously, he, he did well at Newcastle under Rafa, didn't he? So, um, I mean, Lev, what are you thinking about Everton? Then? Because it, it's difficult to maybe know at the moment because we both got a game in between. And yeah, that, they've got a day. They've got a day extra rest, haven't they? Because they play on Wednesday, yeah. we play on Thursday. Yeah, that's true as well. So yeah. that could that could pay into into it um, an extra day's rest. But out of the two, I'll probably be more confident of the Everton game um, in, in regards to getting the three points. And just like Dawsey said, I'd, I'd I'd be happy with four points out of this um, coming out unscathed, um, coming out unbeaten. I don't want to be unbeaten and having two draws or one you know one point apiece. I think that would be shit. But um, yeah, four points I'd be happy with either way. However, it happens if we draw with United or beat Everton or beat Everton and, or, you know, or beat Man United and draw to Everton. I really don't care. It'll be disappointing if we beat Man United and draw to Everton. Though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> but because um, if we beat Man United, then we'll all be expecting another win. So, yeah. you know, then there'll be three points on, you know, six points on the on the cards. But I'll be happy with four. Yeah, no, I think I think we all would. To be fair, I mean, two two away games in quick succession. It's you know, it's, it'd be a big effort to win two whoever they were against, really. And the fact that you know they're two traditionally difficult games as well um, makes it even harder. And yeah, I think we'll know a little bit more when we've seen the results of the first game before we see what's going to happen in the second game as well. I guess momentum and stuff like that. Yeah, if we if and we who's beat got United... more depth in squad uh, in their squad as well because like three games, yeah. you know, three days or four days back to back to back two games. Um, you know they're obviously going to have to rotate as well. Who are they going to? Who have they got in depth? They've got two games at home now. We've got two games away. It is I think that makes a slight difference as well. You know the way the fixtures have gone. Yeah, travelling. Every everyone who's at home this midweek are also at home at the weekend. So there's two home games or two away games in a row for teams, and we've got two away games. Tough away games. Just well, they're both up north, though, so they don't have to travel, do they? They go to Man United and they can stay up to Manchester, can't they? And then they. But will we know, or will we not come back and train in London? I don't. I don't see us doing that. I see us hiring somewhere and staying up there. Otherwise, you, the hours you've got going up and down. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, nowadays they jump fly, wouldn't they? They, they, fly, they fly. It won't take them long. But then flying also affects your body as well when you're up in the yeah, air and all of that does. stuff. So, yeah, you know, it could be that it, the smarter thing to do is to stay in a ho stay in a hotel and take both the games, you know, and train up there. Yeah, I mean, whether they will or not, I don't know. I mean, we, we've had it before. I remember we played away at Everton and Man City in, in, in midweek and uh, weekend a couple of years, a few years back. And I think we we travelled up and down and back up and down again, but we flew, so I don't suppose it took long. But but yeah, I'm not sure what we do about that. But I suppose we need to we need a score prediction in for Everton as well. I know it's going to be a bit tricky, but we haven't got another show beforehand, so we might as well do it. Adam, what are you thinking, Everton? And you obviously you predicted a draw against Man United, so I'm assuming then this will be the one we're going to win. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to stick to your guns on this one. <laughs> Two 0 Two 0 Wow, I'm much more confident about this one. Yeah, very um, confident. Yeah, I think That's... it'll be tough, but I do, you know, as it stands right now, 2-0. <laughs> yeah, we can only go off where it is at the minute, I suppose. If they beat Liverpool, we might have to change our mind on this one, maybe, but we'll see. Dorsey, what are you thinking then? Um, the, the Everton game prediction, obviously, you you went for a win at Man United as well, so <laughs> is this going to be the draw for you? <laughs> I'm going to kind of contradict myself a little bit, but yeah, it's only because I'm being... Yeah, 
I'm going to be over positive a little bit. Um, I, like I said, I mean, I would be happy with, with with four points for sure. But I mean, they're so poor, aren't they? Everton. I'm I'm going to go for a two-one win, but I'm being overconfident. I think, given looking at the two games as a whole. Well, I mean, two wins would be would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, what what a statement that would make to the I'll league. I, I said that before. And Nigel says four one to Ooh. Arsenal. I know we've won four one at Everton in the past a couple of times. We had a slightly better team maybe back then when we did. But anyway, uh, Lev, what are you thinking is that obviously you've gone for a win at Man United as well. So yeah, what are you thinking for Everton? <laughs> 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 it's, hard, it's, it's, it's because it's because we're just. We don't we don't want to say our team's going to lose a draw, do we? So no. it's, and, and look, Everton, I can see us winning two 0 right? The Man United one's going to be a lot tighter, which is why I went for two one. I'll be happy with a one one at United. Do you know what I mean? Or nil nil, whatever. But yeah, two 0 Everton. I'll have to agree with Adam on that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, out of the two, you'd, you'd say that if if we could only win one of them, you'd imagine it would be Everton out of the two, wouldn't you? Just because of the, the current. And stuff like that, um, but yeah, why not win them both? Or why not, why not you know, have a go at winning them both? Who knows? But yeah, I think four points would be um, would be a, a big statement, I, I think, to make for for the club, especially you know, away from home. We've not been that great. We've only scored three goals away from home all season. We haven't scored a goal in the second half away from home actually this season so far, which mm. is incredible when you when you think about it. When we're in December virtually, um, so we need a couple mm. of big performances away from home and. It's an opportunity against two teams that aren't in great form. But as Adam rightly says, good good, good and bad ones come to an end at some point, don't they? So let's just hope that we aren't the victims on both occasions because two defeats in these two games. I mean, what, what, do you think that, what do you think that would do if we did? Potentially, we could lose both these games. Let's be honest, we could win them both or we potentially we could lose them as well. I mean, what do you think? where do you think that would leave us in, in the overall scheme of things if we did get nothing out of these two or maybe one point out of these two games? No. Where do you think that would leave us? That'll be that would be that would be uh, it. Will give us a massive knock in 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 the sense of the team moving forward, um, the, the, their belief in, in in what's going on and how they're gelling together, and and it will also knock the fans as well because the fans will think, hold on, are we overhyping these players again? Is it the same situation? It will put pressure on Arteta. It yeah. won't it won't be nice. So I'm hoping the guys are going to show that there is genuine improvement and development in this team we're looking at right now and these next two games is going to show us that i mean if we could get as i said four or even six points out of the next two games then we'll start to take us a bit more seriously and say this could be a legit team and i think that's the key isn't it because at the moment i must admit we're fifth in the league joint fourth on points with west ham and don't know how <laughs> I keep scratching my head thinking, how are we this high up the league? We've not we've not played like a team that looks like they can finish in the top four yet. We've got results against teams you would expect us to get results against. So these next two games for me are massive back-to-back away games in the northwest where we, we never do particularly well. So yeah, I, I agree. If we get four or six points, I'll put my hands up and say, you know what, we, we can do we've got a really good opportunity now to push on. But if we only get one point or no points, then as Nigel quite quite rightly and puts in the chat there back to square one and that's almost where it would be wouldn't it it is almost where we'd be i mean i'm not anticipating we will only get one or, or zero points i mean adam would, would, would it be a real disaster if we did lose both these guys i mean it wouldn't be great obviously but you know in, in the overall context of where we are as a club and with this young team i think in the overall context you know it's not going to be good based on the fact that we are relatively on an upward you know trajectory at the moment um 
losing two games in quick succession would not be good for morale, let's be honest, because they're so close to each other, you know. So that would be a hard one to, to take, I think. And also for a young team as well, that that will that'll affect them. But I think um in regards to league positions, it probably wouldn't affect it too much, let's be honest, because most teams are probably going to drop points over this period. You know, it's going to be a, a good team to win both games that they've got over this period. Like, you know, every team's going to be playing twice in a matter of days now. So it's going to take a lot of squad rotation. We are going to see probably some some weird results, I think, over the next two lots of rounds. Um, it's certainly not going to be a positive thing. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it, you know, it might put us in a more fair position because you aren't right with what you said like we're fifth but i don't really feel like we're playing at, at fifth level you know it's the thing so um obviously we want us to win um and i think we'll i think four points is very achievable um but let's not think about anything less than that no exactly but unfortunately it's a possibility isn't it because you know games of football tend to you know they, they go one of three ways, don't they? Um, I mean, Dorsey, you know, obviously we are fifth in the league and we were level on points with fourth place, but we still got a minus goal difference. When you look at the league, virtually everyone's got a minus goal difference. I mean, what has gone on this season? I've never known anything like it. Have you? No, it's been a weird season. There, it's been some. I mean, listen, the top, the top three are so far ahead of everyone else, aren't they? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But I think just touching on your previous point about. I think if we got less than four points, I mean, you couldn't, God forbid, we, we come out of it with one point or, like you say, none. I mean, you couldn't pick a worse time for two away games to come out with that with no points or one point. Would you go into a really busy Christmas Christmas period? I think if you if you lose one of them and draw one of them or, 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 or lose both, I think you're probably going to lose a few more over the Christmas period, aren't you, really, um, given the way that the schedule works? So... Yeah, the two games are huge. And the, and the fact that we're going into January where we're going to lose some players, I think we really need to, to try and get as many points on the board as we can. But I, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the point of, of how we're fifth. I, I, I'm quite a strong believer of the, the league table never really lies. Um, you're kind of where you, where you deserve to be at that point in time. And whether that's because other teams that should be doing better aren't or vice versa, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Um we're fifth, mm -hmm. we're fifth on merit. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah, the next two games are huge, aren't they? So, um, yeah. Yeah. if we can, like we've all said, if we can come away with four points, I think everybody would be, would be happy with that. The squad will be in a good place going into a, a busy schedule. So, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Well, exactly. I mean, the, game, the game's real. I mean, we've got to play. I mean, we, let's, let's try and get two good performances and, and two really positive results. And that will give us a massive lift going into a busy a busy month, obviously, coming up to Christmas and, and sort of into the new year as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a big time. We've got a cup quarterfinal in all of that as well. And the start of the FA Cup in January. So, you know, there's loads of massive games. And um, I suppose, you know, we've been used to playing one game a week, haven't we, throughout the season without having Europe. And suddenly we've got a, a lot of games in one month. We've got eight or nine games in December, haven't we, I think, overall. So it's it's a busy, yeah. it is a busy month. Um, Nigel says in the chat there, Arsenal have ruined my Christmas before. Southampton in 2015 springs to mind. Yeah, that was a bad one, wasn't it? Boxing Day, that 4-0 defeat. We were top of the league actually going into that game. And, um, yeah. and we lost 4-0, so that was good. Um, <laughs> thanks for that, thanks for that. 
yeah positive yeah. bit of news there some, some great memories of course from uh, from yeah. previous um uh, christmases down the years which uh which we'll, we'll do a show about Christmas games actually in a couple of weeks' time when we get a bit. No, closer. we won't. There's <laughs> <laughs> been some good ones as well. There's been some good ones as well. Come on, let's oh, that's not we'll, bad. Yeah, we we'll call it Christmas coffee. stuffing for the bad ones, right? And then yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. um, Christmas crackers for the uh, for the crackers good ones. for the sh- the good ones. There you go. <laughs> We've got it. There you go. You got it. It's all right in itself, there. It's, it's, it's all done. It's all done. Brilliant. Um, I mean, usually we go for all the predictions, but to be honest, I'm still not feeling that well, so I kind of can't be bothered at the minute. Um, <laughs> so, so we might, we might that, have to do it. Just, just send them in. That'd be the best way to do it because I've just, <laughs> I just can't go away from them or two lots of game. The edge is battered already. All answers on the postcard, please. Send exactly, them in. <laughs> exactly what we have to do. Yeah, and whoever wins gets a prize. Melvin's already sent his in actually, which is which is good. So um, he, he's he's in front. But anyway, we'll um, we can do that afterwards because I say me, um, I kind of yeah, I think I need to lie down. Um, but anyway, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you guys on as always. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show, Adam. Where can people uh, yeah. find you on social media? Yeah, enjoyed it as always. You can generally find me on Twitter at Adam seventy nine two thousand and one. Adam always Arsenal, and see you next week. I'm sure. Yeah, hopefully I'll be a bit feeling a bit better next week. And Dorsey as well. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Um, where can people find you as well? Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, nice to meet you, Lev. Um, you too, mate. Yeah, just just on Twitter, same as Adam uh, at Dorsey two eight zero one. So yeah, head over and. Drop me a follow and uh, yeah, like Adam, hopefully I'll see you again next week. Yeah, good stuff. And Lev, brilliant to have you on. Um, Thank you, Pleasure. Pleasure being on. Um, pleasure talking about the Arsenal with fellow Gooners. Um, uh, and, and it's just nice to, you know, nice to actually get invited away from my own channel because I, I like being a guest. Do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. you, you get to, you just get to answer the way you want. Don't have to stick to stick to any sort of scripts and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing some more in the future. And you could get, you watch us on at Arsenal Lounge. Arsenal Lounge. Uh, we've got shows coming up. I think we've got match reaction shows after the game on Thursday. We've got one tomorrow with Dan Potts um, and a United fan. So, yeah, tune in. Yeah, no, it's a great channel. Your Arsenal is brilliant. I've, I've, and I've been on there a couple of times as well. Oh, no, yeah, we'll be looking to do some more things with you as well, Rich, for Midweek Peak. I know we've got a bit slack with that. We'll be calling you and uh, Albert back with that as well. So, yeah, keep it yeah, no, no, that it's, 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 it's a great channel. Definitely check out the Arsenal Lounge. They do some really good shows on there and um, stuff like that. And obviously, Lev's yeah. a top man and Shaheen as well, of course, who, oh, who it, the, the co-host. You know, <laughs> but, uh, Lev, Lev, Lev's the best one, of course, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says that hey, everyone's the best. Anyone who's standing in front of Rich is the best at that moment in time. <laughs> exactly. He's never said that about me. He's never said that about me. Mate, Dorsey, mate, you, you performed brilliantly today. It was fucking Cheers, man, a match for me, mate, all day Cheers, long. Mate. That's all right. And I'll tell Shaheen what he said as well, Rich. <laughs> no, no, don't tell him that. No, don't, don't tell him. He, <laughs> oh, he's, he's all right, Shaheen, really. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. He is a good lad. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. I say thanks to all you guys for coming. Thanks to all you guys in the chat as well. There's quite a few comments coming. I lost track of a few, actually, because um, I was kind of getting involved. You in... ignored all the bad ones about you, Rich, did you? Well, I did, yeah. I did, yeah. And the, and the ones that were saying how great doors he was as well. I left oh, him. yeah. How he was performing <laughs> brilliantly. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's had a hard deal what, there, but anyway. Put man, man of the match for this podcast in the comments after. <laughs> yeah, drop him in here. You thought was man yeah. of the match, yeah. Vote for your man of the match. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. We'll do it. I mean, maybe I'll start doing it every week, actually. That's a good idea, that. Is it a man... So would it be an MOP, like man on a podcast? Man on a pod? 
Yeah. We'll have to come up with a little trophy or something every week. MOP, how, how do you judge that, though? It'd be on a vote, won't it? It'd be like X Factor, wouldn't it? What, based on shirts. Like, if it's based on one, shirts, I might be all right. The stupidest comment award as well you could have as well, that one. <laughs> yeah. That could be awarded quite often. Yeah. There's a few of them every week, but that's good. That's what it's about, isn't it? I quite like stupid comments because it, you know, it keeps us amused, doesn't it? Mm, well, 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 watch this space, guys. <laughs> <For> more stupid, <laughs> stupid yeah. comments. Who reads? Yeah, it's coming up with some stupid comments. Well, a new show. We love a new show. Stupid <laughs> comments. Yeah, there we go. That'd be a good show, wouldn't it? It'd be a long show, that probably. <laughs> yeah, for some. <laughs> We all true through troll through YouTube. We'll find loads, won't we? So. Oh my days! I don't even don't even get started. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No. Yeah, it'd be good, it'd be good. Anyway, so thanks to all you guys for coming. Us, we've been brilliant. You, you, all of you are brilliant. Every single one of you, and that's that's true. So, um, thanks for coming. I say as always. I say thanks to Lev particularly for his first appearance, which, uh, which oh, good. thanks for asking. Uh, and Adam and, and Dorsey, of course, regulars, and hopefully Melvin will be back soon as well. Uh, he's been a bit busy the last few weeks, actually, so we need to get him back regularly. He heard I was coming on and didn't fucking come on, did he? That's, what <laughs> that's, that's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. He, he thought, no, I'm not coming <laughs> come on. Come on, Melvin. Don't be like that, mate. Come on, mate. <laughs> no, he, he, he'll be right. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be back soon. Um, he's just so been a bit busy. So, um, yeah, thanks for all you guys in the chat as well. So there was quite a few comments, so thanks to all you guys as well. If you do enjoy the channel, please give it a like. If you like, like this show, and consider subscribing to the channel as well. It is free and it does help the channel to grow. I've had quite a lot of um, uh, a lot of um, kind of big views in the last few weeks, actually. People are getting behind the channel, which is nice. So hopefully you're enjoying what I'm doing. And um, I'll be back on Thursday for a watch along of the Man United game. And then on Sunday, I'm hoping, if I'm still alive, to be able to go to Wembley for the Women's Cup final. If I've recovered sufficiently to be able to make the journey, I've got ticket and everything, so I'm looking forward to that. So I do a bit of this illness, isn't he? Well, you know, dying. Yeah. If you don't know, he's he's cutting it short because he's dying today. Don't know if he's <laughs> going to make the Arsenal Women's Cup final because he's well, dying. Yeah. Like, he's, he's still doing it though for you guys. Thursday, I'm, he's doing. I'm pushing, it, I'm, 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 I'm pushing myself through the pain barrier to. Oh you know, man, to, tell you what, this lad, what he does for you guys. Dedication, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah. Dedication. <laughs> That's what Roy Castle once said, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Education is yeah. what you want, what you need, isn't it? Something exactly, like that. it's what you need. So that's that's what we're doing. So yeah, hopefully I'll be there Thursday for the watch along, and I'll be at Wembley hopefully Sunday for I'll do some vlogging from Wembley for the cup final, women's cup final, Arsenal Chelsea. That's going to be good. That it won't be twenty nil or anything like that. It's going to be a good game that Arsenal against Chelsea. So um, that is definitely going to be worth watching. Um, definitely check that one out. Give as well. Richard cuddle as well because he's not well. If he has yeah, exactly, already, exactly. Go, go gentle <laughs> with me. Go gentle <laughs> with me because I might not survive much longer. So <laughs> need to be gentle with me. Um, but yeah, so thanks for you guys for watching. I say don't forget to like and subscribe and I'll see you Thursday for a watch along and in the meantime thanks to Lev thanks to Adam and thanks to Dorsey and we'll see you back for the Tuesday clip. Come on you Gooners! Come on you Gunners! Come on! Come on you Gunners!